We are raw and real mothers sharing our struggles, triumphs, and everything in between. We are all about being authentic and sharing who we are. None of us have it all together. We know how hard motherhood is. We also know how joyful motherhood is. We're here to grow with you. We're here to empower and support each other. As we share our hearts, we become stronger. Our stories bring us together. The mother heart is within every woman. Hello, welcome to The Mother Heart. I am super excited to have you here with us. Uh, just a recap. Um, so today is our book discussion. And each month we read a book together. And then we discuss it over a live Zoom recording, um, which we then share in our monthly podcast, which is what you are listening to right now. We also hold a monthly Mother Heart Circle podcast where we discuss what's on our hearts. Um, if you want to participate or learn more, you're welcome to join our Facebook group at Mother Heart Circle. Okay, so this month we have been reading da, 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 How to Get Everything Done, Homeschool and Clean the House and Stay Sane by Molly Christensen. If you've been reading along with us, we'd love to hear your thoughts about it again in our Facebook group. If not, we still think you'll benefit from this discussion, whether you're homeschooling or not, um, whether you're dual enrolling with your kids in school and out of school, whatever your situation is, because honestly, the likelihood of you schooling your kids at home at some point during this year is definitely there. Um, so I, my name is Kylie, and again, I'm super excited for tonight's discussion uh, this is actually a topic I'm super passionate about. I've been homeschooling for about six years. I love it. I'm passionate about it. Um, and yet I realize the decision to homeschool for many moms right now has not been easy. Whether you're new to homeschooling or a veteran homeschooler, or if you're pandemic schooling, which we all are, this podcast is for you. It's for all of us, myself included. We are here to support one another. That's what we're about during these challenging times. And I love what Tanya has said in the past, and I will repeat it again, um, the importance of sharing our collective wisdom as women. We will strengthen one another and strengthen our society and create a better future as we join in sharing our collective wisdom. So without further ado, we'll just get right into it. Shirley, why don't you go ahead and share first what, what thoughts you had? Um, I had a lot of thoughts, but, <laughs> um, I don't know. This is just getting real for me. Um, this part, um, as far as homeschooling goes, take the pressure off yourself because if you feel like you have to homeschool for six hours a day, it's very possible you are using your kids to prove your own worth and to avoid being a failure based on their performance. That's a lot of pressure on them and you. So I don't know, that's just kind of getting real for me. Like, And yeah, when I first started homeschooling several years ago, I did have a lot of pressure and expectations on myself. And I know I have a tendency to, um, like when I pick out curriculum that I think will, you know, be really great, I have a tendency to stick to the curriculum. Like... <sighs> gauging my child's interest and need instead mm. and using it in that way so sometimes I actually get really now now that I've been doing it 
for quite a while, I do get frustrated with curriculums that say, okay, Monday, do this, Tuesday, do this, Wednesday, you know, and like something for every day of the week. And, and so I actually prefer the curriculums that are a lot more flexible and, and adaptable. So anyway, those, can, that's the basic Shirley, thing. can you share briefly what your school, like what your school plan is for it? Like really briefly, like are you homeschooling your, okay. or what yeah. variation you have going on? Cause I want people to know all of the different dynamics we have happening in this little group discussion here. Sure. Yeah, I've made a lot of uh, changes over the years, trying out different things. But the thing that's worked for me, I have five kids, um, uh, it, ranging in ages from five to 16. Um, so what I've decided to do is once my kids start seventh grade, there's a charter school just down the street that starts in seventh grade. And so I send my kids over there if they choose to. Now, if they were really adamant against doing that and wanting to do something else, then I would be supportive of that. But so far, that's pretty much been the case. I have a new seventh grader this year that he decided he wanted to stay with the homeschool co-op that my elementary aged kids have been going to. And they do that two and a half days a week. And then I homeschool the other days. So that's cool. Kind of so so you've got some in charter school, some in like a part-time school, and then you're homeschooling the other days. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Tanya, are, are you available to share what came to you as you were reading the book? Yeah. So, and sorry, can you also share, just share your, your plans for this homeschooling year? And why don't you guys all share it just... Yeah, just kind of like Shirley did what you've what you've experimented with, um, and what you're planning to how you're planning to school the, your children this year. Okay, so I have at home right now six children. I've got one in high school, and he decided he did not want to wear a mask every day, and wanted to do online school. So I signed him up for my tech high, and. Through through my tech high, he can do, there's a ton of choices of curriculum options that he can do. And so he's he wants to do BYU Independent Study. They have a super rigorous program. And through that, he can, all of his credits will still count toward a diploma when he decides to go back to the regular high school. If hopefully soon that will happen again next year, maybe. Um, so that's what he's doing, and he, then I, my littler ones, I have a baby who, baby schools, and um, the rest will just do homeschool, and we're using the good and the beautiful curriculum for them, and I've been homeschooling them since they were in kindergarten, so my oldest is going to, the oldest one in elementary school will be going in fourth grade this year, and then I have a brand new, well, I have a preschooler, a first grader, and a second grader. So. So you, so how many years have you been homeschooling? A guesstimate, would you say? <laughs> well, I've done it off and on. I've, I've probably done every kind of school. I have 10 kids all together. And I 
homes I started homeschooling my oldest when he was in third grade. He just started having some really serious social issues. He has ADHD and okay. the teacher couldn't handle him. And I had never thought about homeschooling, but decided that if the teacher didn't think she could handle him, he didn't belong there. And I would rather have him at home with me. Okay. And so I started that journey then and homeschooled him through for three years. And then he went back to school and so, I, yeah, so I've had kids in school, kids in homeschool, kids in online school, kids in charter schools. I feel like I've done a lot. Cool. And, yeah, but I love homeschool. It's fun. And this book has helped me a ton. I I really have enjoyed it. Just changing the paradigm of homeschool to, okay, I've got to get everything done. When she talks about that, like, oh, man, I've got to get everything done and just the overwhelm of feeling like you're never doing well enough on anything. I, I've lived there a lot of the time. And so this book has really, one thing I've loved about it is changing that paradigm and viewing it as I'm not responsible for my child's educational journey. I'm responsible to help them along their journey and they're responsible for their own education. Um, which, I know, but it's the way she phrases it with the hero's journey really resonated with me and made a lot more sense to me and clarified it for me a lot. And plus, we always need reminders of that because it's so easy to get sucked back into the <laughs> trying to prove our own worth through our kids' accomplishments, yeah. like you said, really. <laughs> right. I'm like, I've been doing this for six years now, but it was like, oh, this was a nice reminder. I'm like, I need to just pick up this book every summer right before school starts in the fall for myself. Yeah. yeah that's a great idea. Um, this is a reminder because yeah, it is like way too easy to get sucked back into the, you should, you should do it this way. You have to do it this way kind mm -hmm. of mentality. Yeah. I love that. She talks about that, that we are our children's mentors, you know, we're there to support them and create the environment that facilitates them having the opportunity to drive and their learning educational journey. And um, she's been homeschooling for way longer than I have. She has tons of experience and she's watched her children learn and grow. And I feel like um, one thing her book provides is a relief that, our children actually will learn and um, they, they will actually thrive and love learning if we can really hone into that role as a mentor instead of a, you know, someone who I, I, I kind of fluctuate with sometimes I feel like I have to make my kids check off certain lists of certain things they need to be doing. And sometimes I interfere with their joy in true learning uh, when I do that. And I love that she reminds us to take a step back and, and watch them, watch them step into their role as thrivers, as innovative children and who are capable of so much. Can I say something? Yes. I was actually just going to ask you to share. All right. Thank you. So, when I first saw this book, I saw this cute little mom with this 
sweet little boy and they're both happy and it looks like the ironing is all done and I was like this is not me I don't know so this book kind of was a little bit um I don't want to say the word deceiving but then you, re you st I started reading Molly's book and one of the great things that she says is um, the fact of the matter is you don't have to do everything you think you need to do. So we have these big long lists and we want to accomplish everything. And if we don't accomplish everything, then we start to feel like we're failing in this area, in this area, in this area. And then she says, you're going to learn. So she's saying, this is what you're going to learn in this book. You're going to learn how to get everything done that is important. She doesn't say you're going to get everything done because not everything is important. The other stuff is just a distraction. Um, and then this last um, quote I loved from Molly is, if you can like yourself as you are, then you can allow yourself to be imperfect on your journey. You don't have to prove anything and you can allow others to be too. You are a hero. So I just really like that. It was like she gave us permission, which we already have permission, but reaffirming and validating that you don't have to be a perfect person. You don't have to do everything on your list. But but in her book she focuses on um on chapters suggesting things that are important in your life and what you do need to make time for because if you make time for those things then you are doing a good job. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah I feel like homeschooling really requires a huge paradigm shift um like to truly yeah. if you're not gonna hate homeschooling <laughs> i'll put it that way to enjoy and love and thrive as a homeschooling parent requires a, a real paradigm shift and it's okay to just kind of allow yourself to flow through that journey especially if it's your first year homeschooling uh just kind of watch things happen and it, I trust is a big word that comes to my mind um, because the pro things will evolve. Um, so thanks Anna Maria. That's a great thought. And can you share um, what your plans are this year for school and what your experiences with as a yeah. schooling? Yep. So let's see. My children started out years ago in public school, and then I felt prompted that it was time to bring them home because they weren't getting along. They were not really happy with where they um, were going to school, and you saw it in their behavior and in their attitude and the way they spoke to each other and the way they spoke to me. And so I thought, something needs to change. This is, these aren't the children I've raised. They have different personalities now. And so I just thought, I want my boys back. I want them to be how they used to be and how they used to get along with each other. So I decided it was time to homeschool. And um, we homeschooled for a few years. And then my oldest went into seventh grade and he decided he'd like to try out public schooling again. Um, and so at the same time, while my oldest was doing public school, I was still homeschooling a couple of my youngest ones. And now with COVID, all, everything went up in the air, and um, I let my boys have the autonomy, and I let them um, look at different programs for homeschooling and for public school. 
One chose to do split enrollment where they're going to be able to do two classes at the high school and the rest at home through online and through their own uh, choice of curriculum, which is exciting for me because that gives my son more time to pursue things that he's truly passionate about. And so I'm excited for him. Then I have another son that decided I'm just going to do all public school and then see how it goes. And he's okay wearing the mask. So that's up to him. And then I have two other boys that will I will be homeschooling, my younger two. And we're going through the MyTech High program where they get to choose their own curriculum. And yeah, so that I'm doing a little bit of everything, I feel like. So. <laughs> cool. So kind of like um, Shirley. Yeah. <laughs> and Tanya, didn't, I think Tanya too, she's doing a mix. So, well, I'm not, I don't have anybody in public school though. Oh, it, okay. Oh, your your son's doing uh, online, right? Yeah, he's doing my tech high too. Gotcha. Okay, so you're homeschooling through and through, right? Except with the online program. I guess technically, some people consider if you're using an online program, they consider that not homeschooling. But in my book, that's homeschooling. Like if you're right. if you're yeah. there with your kids, you're you know, helping facilitate. So. Yeah, I'm doing both. I'm doing one straight, I mean, three straight homeschooling and one with the online school. Cool. All right, Janessa um, would love to hear your thoughts about the book and what your plans are for this upcoming year. Okay, uh, yeah, I'd love to share. So um, just to, to give you a little background on uh, my homeschooling experience. So I actually homeschooled for quite a number of years when I was a kid. Um, I also did some public school and um, we kind of unschooled. We, I did a, we moved up to a farm and got to learn how to do all sorts of farming things. My parents couldn't help because they were city slickers. So we got to learn from the neighbors. Um, but then through that, um, I learned about the Thomas Jefferson education and was able to go to George with college, which is, the uh, the founder of Thomas Jefferson education started this college. His name is Oliver DeMille. And so a lot of people that know about the homeschool community know his name and, and about his school and leadership education. Um, and the thing that I learned from the Thomas Jefferson education was just that, um, you know, it's important at the younger ages just to love learning. And it's not so much about what you learn, but mostly about loving to learn because people who love to learn um, are going to continue to learn throughout their whole life and to learn and study and to read and discuss. And uh, so in the end, they're going to learn a whole lot more than if they were to, um, you know, have them push, you know, push, 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 push through all of these different subjects and finally get to the point where they're like, oh, I hate schooling. And so they, they cease to, to try and educate themselves, you know. Um, and then, and then I got to be a, a Montessori teacher and I worked at a Montessori school for, for four years and then at other Montessori schools for uh, years after that. And, um, and I loved kind of the hands-on experience discovery learning where you kind of give them things that they can handle and, and touch and, and experience and let them learn for themselves rather than giving them all the answers and then having them memorize it and stuff. Um, and so 
so I've learned some great things from, from my educational journey through homeschooling. And so I, I feel like I'm not quite as intimidating, but it is still hard for me, even though I've, you know, done, I've done homeschooling myself and I've, and I've been homeschooling for a number of years, but I did public school as well and I loved it. So I, um, and I've learned from every different kind, but anyway, so the thing that I loved about this book was that, you know, at the beginning of the year, it's really easy to get bogged down in all of the weeds and all of the details and what curriculum should I use and what, um, what things should we focus on? And should I try and do all these different subjects, which is what I try and do. I try and do everything because there's so many wonderful curriculums out there, curricula, I guess. And there's so many wonderful things to teach and, and to do. And, and honestly, I just recently, a couple of days ago, I was just feeling the weight of, you know, having the responsibility of teaching my children everything, you know, when it's like, oh, I can send them out and I'm teaching them some and, you know, that teacher's teaching them some and that teacher's teaching them some. But when it's all me, it's kind of intimidating, I guess, and, and weighty to think it's all on me. And yet it's exciting because who who better than me to teach my children? Who better, who will love them more than me? Who will, you know, root for them more than me? Who will, um, you know, worry about them and, and try and help them succeed more than me, even if they have difficult personalities or annoying habits or whatever like who better than me to see those things and to and to help them in their hero's journey I loved that um that imagery that each one of them is a hero and they're special and they have special missions to complete in this life and you know education is for that purpose it's not just so that they you know, can get through life and they can read and, and do math and get a job and be a good citizen. But um, I can't read because it's so dark out here. I'm out in the middle of nowhere uh, here down at Lake Powell. I'm on a little vacation. Um, but I was going to read. There's a part that talks about what education is for. And it's let's see if I can find it and read it. If you um, the page, I'd be happy to read it for you. All right, let's see if I can find the page. I, I think it's 22. It's close to the bottom of the page. Um, it's like the third paragraph up from the bottom of the page. I think I can read it. Let's see. It says, um, in the grand scheme of things, what is education really for? Most people will say you need an education so you can get a job and be a good citizen. While these are certainly worthwhile goals, it is not what education is all about. Education is really all about developing the greatness within, living up to your potential, developing character, and becoming your best self so you can share your gifts and talents to help others. And I just love that because, you know, I think when I lose sight of what education is for, when I think it's for job training, when I think it's for, you know, just so that they can, um, you know, function in society, then it doesn't strike that that it's, it doesn't inspire, it doesn't motivate, it doesn't help me actually trust the process. It's, it's about helping these children develop into these wonderful, amazing beings to, to fulfill their potential and to be able to um, develop themselves so they can serve others and make the world a better place. And, uh, and so 
it's okay if they don't know all of their, you know, eight times tables or if they, you know, don't get to read until they're 12 years old or whatever. Like if they're developing their character and their wonder about life and their ability to be kind and to serve others, um, then those other things will come. They will come and, and, you know, then they can focus when they have the space at home with your mentoring, when they have that space to just ex- discover and explore and develop that love of learning, then they will learn the things that they need to learn to, to accomplish their mission in life, to become the hero that they're supposed to become. So anyway, that was, those were the kind of the nuggets that I got. I loved it because it was just so inspiring to, you know, these children are so amazing and we are all just on this journey to become. And so, um, you know, we're just a little farther, hopefully on the path than they are. And so we can help them along, you know, and if we're not, then we should be developing ourselves so that we can inspire them. Yeah. It, I, I think she even pointed out in here, um, you know, we ought to be, they, our children ought to be seeing us reading and seeing us discovering and seeing us growing and learning and exploring and, um, fulfilling our life mission and our hero's journey and on our example will hopefully that will inspire our children to you know to take their path and their journey and discover and explore and learn and grow so thank you Kylie, yeah Kylie, could I add something to yeah what why don't you yeah go ahead and add something and then I'm we're going to turn the time over to Rachel but yes I was just thinking about um, when kids are ready, waiting for when kids are ready to learn something. And I just had a personal example of that. So um, for all, so potty training, okay? No one loves potty training, right? And so I have five kids and um, when I got, so I, I had this like sweet spot time frame of when I thought my kids were ready to be potty trained and it was like two years, nine months. Okay. And they all did okay. You know, some took a little longer than others, but when my fifth one came along and it was that time, I was like, I'm so busy and I dread this so much. So I just put it off. (laughs) And, um, so she was a little bit older. So she was the oldest one. She was over three years old. It was after she, turned three. I was like, okay, it's time. Um, so she was a little bit older and I was really dreading and I got the potty training doll and all the stuff and the treats and the rewards and everything. And so I got all ready and I trained her. Like I spent all this time. She got it so fast because she was actually way more ready because she was a little bit older than my other kids were. And so anyway, I just, yeah, there is this value. I mean, it's so much more worth it to like wait when they're ready to learn something. They'll pick it up so much quicker than you like trying to force the information down their throats. It's just a miserable experience for everybody. So, yeah, that I have a friend who um, she uses a Waldorf philosophy. She uses a combined Combined philosophy of Waldorf and Montessori and a couple other things, but she 
um, in the Waldorf philosophy, um, they don't recommend teaching their children, the children to read until they are seven or eight years old. And um, her children would go from, you know, not knowing how to read to like a fourth grade level in, in with before the entire year was even finished. And she would always tell me, you know, don't worry, it's going to be okay. Like it's, it's okay if your children get behind because really they, they don't really get behind for long. Like they, they'll catch up. And if you start them late, it's okay if you're behind. So if you're struggling getting started homeschooling, children are pretty amazing and pretty intelligent, especially if they're given an environment um, where a love for learning is fostered. And um, so thank you for sharing that, Shirley. Potty training is an excellent example. <laughs> and I've been there too, where I waited longer to potty train my children. And I'm like, oh, like my last child, I just dreaded potty training her because of how long it takes and the process. And she pretty much actually ended up potty training herself. And that's when we took the pull-ups away. I was like, oh, you pretty much are okay. You figured it out. Wow. Great. I'm glad that happened because I didn't have the gusto to potty train this time. Yeah. So, okay, Rachel. And we have um, another, um, my sister actually has just joined or oh. was, I don't know if she's still there. Oh. Maybe she's I thought not. that was you, Kylie. You guys look so much alike. That is <laughs> okay, well, if she gets back on, then um, we'll give her a moment to share some thoughts. But So, Rachel, go ahead and share. Um, I know this is your, your homeschooling this year, and this is your first time. Yeah. Or what, what's your dynamic? Why don't you just share <laughs> what your plans are and just what your takeaway was from this book? So... A little while back, I started having the call to homeschool, which is kind of what she calls it. They're like, you feel called to do something and you act immediately. Well, I didn't want to act immediately on that feeling I had to homeschool. I was like, it was before COVID. Yeah, I was just scared. I'm like, I'm not doing it. And so I started listening to podcasts about it and started thinking, hey, this doesn't, this is sounding a little bit better, not too bad. And then COVID happened and it's like, bam, I'm homeschooling and I, I didn't even have a choice. It was like, you're just doing it. And I, I consider it homeschooling because the kid's home all day. My whole dynamic has changed. My whole family situation has changed. So it just feels like, but then I realized um, this is exactly what my child needed. He needed to be home. He needed to feel safe. He needed to feel secure. He needed to have his family around. His relationship with his brother got better. I mean, it was just a whole bunch of wonderful things started happening and it just was a testament to me that that was what I needed to do with my son so I was already planning to do it really before COVID but it kind of just shoved me into it like okay now you know you can do it it's like all right I still don't know that I can do it but the thing I enjoyed about the book was basically basically she says you just have to take a step at a time to me, it's like walking by faith and not having to know everything that it will come when it needs to come and that you'll grow in it um, a little out of time and that really like settled me down like okay you don't have to know everything you're gonna get better at this over time and your kids are gonna be fine they're not gonna be screwed up if they're not hitting every little mark the way you think they should and yeah so I just have one kid who's doing I have one child in school one in preschool so we're doing like both online which is kind of my in-between maybe step into real homeschool I don't know <laughs> where the teacher will teach my child online through Zoom with his classmates. And then I, I'll also have um, 
a chance to have more time to help him discover what he wants to learn about. So cool. learning how to do football drills because that's what he's into. So that might yeah. be something I love about homeschool is then you can be like, oh, you love football. Let's learn math through football. Like, oh, and that's how he's learned math. That's how we know yes. 7, 14, 21, whatever, whatever. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, and really any, like whether you're homeschooling or not, just this concept, um, the things she shares in here about mentoring your child and just teaching them the love of learning. And you can do that after school. If your children are still going to school, you can do that whenever. So um, even if you're not homeschooling, I think there's still value in this book. And especially right now with the pandemic where the possibility of you bringing your children home is really high. Um, you may want to pick up this book. Um, thanks, um, Rachel. Um, so for me, um, I, I, maybe a little bit nutty because I opened this book and I just decided I was going to just read and read and read and read. And so I just read it in one sitting because I guess that's how I roll sometimes. So I took a ton of notes and, um, uh, one of the things there, there were quite a few things you guys shared, um, that came to my mind. Um, we talked about a paradigm shift, um, routine, um, well, there's a ton of things, and I'm not going to share it all, so you just need to read the book. Um, but letting go of self-judgment, um, just I, I feel like with each year that I've homeschooled, my compassion towards self and my understanding and my trust in the, in the process of homeschooling and in my children's process of learning has grown, and my confidence has grown as I've seen that they still learn even when I'm stepping back and taking, you know, the, the back seat instead of the driver's seat, um, in teaching them, uh, um, they actually learn better. And, uh, one example is, uh, I think it's easy as a parent, whatever you're doing to feel inadequate. And, um, I have moments where I'm feeling inadequate and I was looking at, um, participating in a distance education program this year uh, called Harmony, um, which requires you to, to some degree, follow state standards. Um, so I was looking at the state standards this year for my son, who will be in fifth grade um, for science. And as I was reviewing that, I've never followed state standards. And I realized my son has already learned practically everything in what he should be learning this year by teaching himself. And that was just really exciting for me to see that he taught himself those things. I created the environment. I put the books there for him to be able to read. I saw what he was interested in and I provided an opportunity for him to continue learning and deepening his understanding. Um, and one last thing I want to share is she talks about self-care um, and how important it is as a homeschool parent or a parent in general. I will say, um, to take time to care for ourselves. And she shares it in a different light. And one thing that came to my mind is we resent what we are not doing. Self-care isn't always, you know, going and taking a bubble bath. Maybe it is. Self-care isn't um, like pampering yourself or always giving yourself that nice chocolate dessert you wanted. Um, it can come in many different ways. And um, I think only we know what we need, but part of self-care that she mentioned 
was recognizing what I would term our highest desires and acknowledging and responding to that, being committed to ourselves and what we desire deep within our heart. And uh, sometimes I think um, we might prioritize other things in place of those highest desires. Um, and and then we're frustrated or discouraged with ourselves because we don't honor our what we desire or our interests. And, and so she talks about that and having um, an abundant mindset. Um, so anyway, that's my nugget. Um, we... I was really hoping to get into um, some questions that a lot of homeschoolers have, but we've taken up quite a bit of time here just sharing uh, little bits and pieces. Um, anyway, do any of you guys have any thoughts you wanted to share? Go ahead, Anna Maria. I thought I love this part about in the book where she describes the hero's journey. And there's 12 steps in that journey. But one part I didn't understand before as part of the hero's journey was that their journey is their journey. It's not your journey to make sure that they do everything on time, everything perfectly, or else you're a bad mother. That's not your journey. Your journey, like we were talking about, is to provide an environment that allows your children to want to explore, want to discover, want to learn. That's your journey as the mother, as the homeschooler. And then she says here on page 23, you can't take their journey for them. And if you want them to learn and develop character, they need to have roadblocks. Which I was like, oh my goodness, because in my life, especially right now, I I'm keep feeling like, well, there's another roadblock, there's another roadblock. Why do I have so many road, roadblocks? And she answers this and she says, it's the roadblocks that can become transformational in our lives because without them, we would never seek to become better in that area. It's overcoming the struggle that makes it valuable. So I really appreciated that just in my own life right now because I'm now instead of viewing these roadblocks as roadblocks, I'm actually appreciating them as helping me become refined and I want to move through them and get through them so that I can develop my character and who I am as a, as a person. So I think when we homeschool and as we look at our children, we need to look at them as real individuals and real people who are on their own journeys. And just like a butterfly or um, other things in life, if you open that chrysalis before they're ready to come out, that butterfly is going to be wing, uh, weak and won't be able to spread its wings. Our children need to get through these roadblocks with their own minds, with their own hearts, so that they can eventually fly when it's time. So, yeah, I really appreciate how Molly put that into perspective in her book for me. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone else have any other thoughts they wanted to share before we close? Okay. Well, so one recommendation I will mention that she gives is to spend one hour, just one hour homeschooling your children a day. And that's all you need. And I 
I can attest to that. I've experienced that. We have, I, I, um, I rotate between different subjects each day. So I have a language arts day, a history day, a science day, and then my older kids do their um, math and writing independently. But I spend that one hour reading to all of my kids. Um, it's called family school where you, you read and you teach your kids the same subject, whatever age they are, and they learn together. And, you know, the older kids might go more in depth and the younger kids will get a base knowledge of it. Um, and uh, school and homeschool does not have to be as complex as I think we often um, believe it needs to be. Um, because of my faith perspective, I'm, I'm going to throw that in there and I'm going to say that if you are homeschooling, COVID schooling, whatever you're doing, God will be your guide. Um, if, if, or whatever your faith is, if you, um, you know, if you believe in, uh, your higher self or, um, you can turn to that source of higher power, um, for strength. For me, that's Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And I have definitely felt him guiding me in my homeschool journey and teaching me. And most of what I have learned with each year is to let go. And instead of doing more, which is what I feel I have the tendency to think I should be doing, to actually do less. And I've learned um, slowly each year what truly is important and been able to let go of what actually isn't important. And it's helped our family to really unite and, and have peace. And for me, um, God is a part of our homeschooling and our faith and uh, our study of the scriptures. And um, I see myself and my children uniting in Christ as we school and prioritize as I prioritize and um, lead by faith and follow by faith in my journey. So could I add one thing, Kylie? Yeah. Um, along with getting support from God, um, I think it's really important that we find support through our peers or mentors. So um, there's a lot of homeschool co-ops out there that can become supportive for you or um, I don't know what other yeah. are there. But there. that up was that, yes, as a homeschool mom, sometimes it can feel very isolating. You can feel lonely doing it. And so if you can find some people that are maybe homeschooling as well or just some friends who are supportive that you can talk to about it or get your kids together with them to play. Just Absolutely. And there are, there's a plethora of homeschool groups. Uh, if you, whatever state or city you live in, just type in, uh, you can go to Facebook and type in for, if you live in Utah, type in Utah Facebook or Utah homeschool. And I'm sure you'll find stuff for Utah County, or if you live in uh, Davis County, and I'm sure you'll find um, groups there and there are other homeschoolers who are on this journey who are going to be willing to support you and we'd be happy to support you as well uh, you're welcome to join our mother heart group and we can help connect you with other homeschool groups from there um, I'm just can I I'm going to say one more thing so just going along with co-ops um, I hear a lot of new homeschoolers or perhaps people who aren't schooling really concerned about their children being isolated and not receiving the socialization 
they need with COVID. Things are a little different right now because the world is being sent home. Um, but just know that there are so many groups um, where parents and homeschoolers alike, lar in large and small group settings, gather to learn together, to explore, to educate, for children to play. There's just a plethora of options um, out there. So if you're worried about homeschooling, join a Facebook group and find out what connections there are because I promise once you start looking, um, soon enough you'll realize that there are more than you can even um, be involved in. So. You'll have to be turning, turning options down, turning social options um, like, like you can down. Go to five different co-ops. Yeah, that's me. I'm the person who's like, oh, okay, look, I'm in this co-op, this co-op, and if you don't know, a co-op is just a term for uh, homeschool parents who gather together and support one another in teaching their children. Um, so, and it can vary. Um, there's some ones that are super light and they go hiking and there's others that are more structured and um, focused on those uh, secular subjects. So yeah. And don't be afraid to create your own. If you don't find any that suit your passions or interests of your, of your children, like your children love Legos and they want to get together with other children to design and build Legos, create your own. It's yep. simple. So, yep. so do where it. do you find co-ops at? Cause I have no idea. Facebook is a great start. Okay. Just Google or not Google, but type in the search. Like when you're looking for new groups, type in wherever your area is Facebook. If you're, so I would type in Utah County, South Utah County homeschool group because of the area you live in and join those. Um, and talk to us, talk to people who know homeschooling and we can invite you to other groups that are local to your area. So, so my city has a homeschooling group. Is that considered a co-op? Um, so the Facebook groups are just groups. And then within that, then you can communicate and figure out what co-ops are happening. Um, some groups are co-op groups. Like, for example, there's a wild and free. Um, there's a lot of wild and free groups actually out there. And those, those groups are made specifically for meeting and gathering. Um, but there are other groups that are just made for connecting and collaborating with other parents and, you know, having some source of communication with other people who are like-minded, who are also homeschooling. And from there, then you can be like, hey, I want to start a Lego co-op. Anyone want to join? Or, hey, I have kids who want to do theater. Anyone want to join me? I want to create a theater co-op. Um, or, hey, I want to create a co-op where we can cover all the sciences and histories a couple days a week, who wants to join with me? So that's kind of how those work. And you also can ask, are there any other existing co-ops? And you're sure to get some answers there. So. My child loves recess. That's why he goes to public school. <laughs> so how can I, any suggestions on how to help him have that fulfilled? Yeah. So park days is really big in the homeschool community. You'll, you, you, might get familiar with that. Um, so you can just, I, I take my kids to park days or some kind of gathering every Friday and I go, we're there all day. So I did the math once and realized that my kids are homeschooling or are having recess in just one day um, for as long as the amount of recess time 
they get in a whole week at a public school. And so mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. So our one day I go and I bring lunch and we, and I get to be, have my cup filled because I get to hang out with all the moms and the kids just play for hours and they love it. And, and then there's other co-ops where that I also go to other days in the week that have a little more structure, but then the kids also still get to interact and socialize. So do people do yeah, like, like physical co-ops, like where they do physical activities, like football yes, or sports? Yeah, sports co-ops. Yes. For a couple of years, my kids did a PE co-op. Yeah. yeah. So the kids, we went met once a week, it, like even through the winter months, we went outside okay. and they learned a lot of the different sports and things. And nice. we just went out to like one of the soccer fields, right? So that's enough grass to spread out and learn the different sports and different games and things. It was fun. I want to find one of those co-ops or make one of my own. Yeah, there there actually already are some, but you could make your own too. I know there are in South Utah County. There are so many. It's it's mind-boggling once you start realizing like all of the resources that are available to homeschool. I'm just glad I have all of you as my mentors right now. It's fun. Homeschooling is fun, guys. I love it. I don't know. Maybe you I don't. I just see the passion in your face. It's awesome, Kylie. <laughs> it's so fun. I don't know. I, yeah, people are like, how do you do that? Like, how do you, how do you spend all day with your kids? But I'm, it's kind of selfish for me because I have fun because I get to go out and connect with a ton of other really amazing moms, too, while my kids are <laughs> connecting with other really cool kids so it's like a win-win for me mm-hmm. but anyway thank you so much all of you guys for your thoughts for your comments thank you for those of you who were listening in um join our conversation on facebook we'd love to hear your thoughts um if you have some wisdom to share with us please do um question we're sure you do yeah and if you have questions if you have homeschool related questions school related questions whatever it is our Facebook group is a great place to um, to kind of get the ball rolling with those questions. Um, there's so much more we could talk about homeschool-wise, but we're out of time. So, again, thanks for joining, and we'll be here next month. Thank you so much for joining our Mother Heart Circle. Please send us your thoughts, inspiration, experiences, and stories. Your voice is important. Your wisdom and your hearts are needed. We believe in you, we love you, and thank you for being you.